Young, young, young Thomas. Michael, I love your first story. How does a bullet fall from a church ceiling during a sermon at a church and the pastor makes it a sermon? Come on. You're not buying it either, are you? No. No. A stray bullet came off the ceiling, just missed his head, and then his security team rushed him off the stage. Then he got back on and immediately incorporated it into a sermon. The craziest thing is the story, Thomas, is that he had a security team. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Yeah. What's a bullet doing up in the ceiling anyway? They said it was from some celebratory fire outside, and it came down. I'm not buying it, Thomas. You know what I think? What? God likes props. Or maybe... God is shooting. <laughs> I can see this happening in Texas. What's going to bring people in droves in Texas? God and guns. Or maybe there was a message to that bullet. Knock off the prosperity gospel BS. The next one won't miss. Sign God, right? <laughs> I can see someone in the congregation yelling out when this happened. Hey, God's shooting this. Fire back. Everybody starts firing at the ceiling. Whole lot of shooting going on. <laughs> Maybe this was just to justify his pitch, you know? Now, please, up your donations. Now I need to buy an armored Bentley, just for safety reasons, of course. The first bullet is just a reminder that you need to give 10% or more every week. But I'm not buying that story, are you? I'm not buying it. I think probably had some guy get up there before the sermon and then wiggled it and then hit it with some kind of a string or something and it fell behind this guy's head. Oh, these ministers, Thomas, what are we going to do with them? It got their attention, didn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. These guys, they're too much. You know, I got a confession to make. Go ahead. Right before it's time for me to get a haircut. Do you know how I know that it's time for me to get a haircut? Because somebody say you look like somebody. You I look like, like one of those preachers. <laughs> Okay, Jimmy Swagger. You ever notice they always have the big head of hair, right? Why is it God blessed all these pastors with such full heads of hair? You would have been a great TV preacher. Come on. You know, I went through the TV the other night, and Jimmy Swagger is still on television. That's right. That's and right. He was forgiven. He's pitching a, uh, he has a new album, a new CD out. Yeah, you know, he's Jerry Lee Lewis's cousin. Did you and know, you know that? Yeah, I knew that. Do you know he has a son, that's a preacher also? No. Jimmy Swagger Jr. I'm telling you, these guys. A whole lot of swagger. They've got some operation, don't <laughs> these they? These guys have a lot of swagger. <laughs> Just once, I'd like to grab a hold of somebody in the congregation and say, what are you people doing? It just goes to show you how gullible the American people are to con men. Hello, right. need I say more? That's right, buddy. USA, USA, make America great again. Uh. If you say that again ever on this show, <laughs> you know, you talk about bullets falling from the ceiling. The only thing that separates us here in the morning is that bulletproof glass. And guess what? I'm going to bypass that. I'm just going to go to the other room and smack you. There you go. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, have you ever heard of something called eye contact anxiety? I have not. Well, I'm guessing you're not, you don't have a problem with that. You, you've been around a little bit. You've and all kinds of businesses. And uh, I imagine when you're out doing stuff with other people, you look them right in the eye, right? Not really. Well, it's a tricky thing. Do you know there's a 50-70 rule? Do you know about that? No, I don't really even think about that. Well, stuff. this is an article in Psychology Today. It's a 50-7 rule, meaning you're supposed to maintain eye contact 50% of the time when speaking and 70% of the time when listening. Did you know that? Wow. And how do you keep track of that? Well, you're supposed to hold eye contact for about four or five seconds at a time, or about as much time as it takes you to register the color of the other person's eyes. So that's a good, you know. But, you know, 
it's tough sometimes to high eye contact. You know why? Let's say you're talking to a woman with big boobs. No, you can never look them in the eye, can you? No. <laughs> and you know, those headlights keep, that's right. <laughs> keep getting in the way. And you should never make eye contact with anybody while you're eating banana. I don't know why they say that. Okay. Do you, do you <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. But you ever go through that awkward moment when you make eye contact with somebody through that little crack in the bathroom stall? Yeah, I'm having that moment right now as I'm <laughs> looking at you across the glass. Do you remember the good old days when you were in grade school and the teacher was going to call on somebody and you did anything not to get that eye contact? No. You don't remember those days? <laughs> no. Too long ago or you never had to worry about no, it? No, never had to worry about that. I slept a lot through school. <laughs> I guess there's a fine line between holding a gaze and stalking, right? Yeah, there, there's a very fine line. When you find out what it is, you let me know. No, but seriously, Thomas, when you go to a party or something for the first time you meet somebody, sometimes it can be difficult looking in some people's eyes, right? I never really even thought about it once. Really? Really. You just stare those guys down, right? No, I don't stare at anybody. You don't? No. Do you? No, but I mean... You're looking to start some crap when you go to a party, don't you? <laughs> no, but sometimes it's a little awkward. Some people... There's just something about the way they look that it's a little uncomfortable. And, you know, but, you know, when you go to a job interview or something like that, of course, you have to maintain eye contact and things. But other times people are a little bit shaky sometimes. I don't know. There's but I never knew about the 50 70 rule. Now mm -hmm. I know. Now, you know, now our listeners know everybody's happy, right? Except how do you keep track of that? Do you have a little stopwatch? Well, I guess four seconds. Just count to four. OK, I'm looking at the person in the eye. Three. Now I'm looking back down at her seductive dress. Right. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Are you addicted to the internet? I don't think so. Well, people are. And there's seven quick things to tell you that you are addicted. You ready? Uh-huh. You're preoccupied with it. That's number one, which is obvious. You need to use the internet with increased amounts of time in order to achieve satisfaction. You don't need that, do you? No. You've made many unsuccessful efforts to control or cut back or stop your internet use. You ever had to do that? Mm-mm. Had stayed online longer than originally intended. Well, that happens normally in a workday, right? Not really. <laughs> has Je has Je uh, yeah, well, wait a minute, Tom. Well, what are you telling me? You're <laughs> totally unplugged over there? There you go. Maybe. Has, has jeopardized or risked the loss of a relationship or a job because of your internet use? Ever do that? No. Have lied to family members the amount of time you spend on the internet? No. And you use it to escape any problems in life. And you know, mm. Thomas, they actually have rehab for people on that you have that condition. I can believe that. And I don't have one of those. So I'm feeling good about one addiction I don't have. Very good. But I want to warn people, if, if you're going to uh, go to one of these rehabs to, for internet addiction, just make sure they have Wi-Fi, right, pal? <laughs> <laughs> Give a person a fish and they eat for a day. Give a person the internet and they'll never bother you again. That's right. Right? We talk about that Google machine all the time, don't we? The Google machine is good for us because it makes us sound smart. You know, some when people we're are really all, not. <laughs> they got YouTube. They got Twitter. They got Facebook. I envision that one day all three of these big social media things will join together. You know what they'll call them? You twit face. You twit face. There you go. How about that? I like it. Tom and Mike. You know what I was watching last night? What's that? Which I rarely watch TV. Yeah, bull. Honestly. Yeah. The BS meter's going off the board right There's now. There's a thing on Netflix. It's a documentary that was made a few years ago about Johnny Carson's life. Oh, really? Yeah, you'd find it very What's interesting. What's it called? Just type in on Netflix the search engine 
Johnny Carson documentary. Right. It's a couple hours long, but it's really good. You'd find it, especially you. Well, I loved him. He could be a real bastard, though, couldn't he? When he drank. Right. He was a angry drunk. Right. And he used to pick fights with people. Right. Him and Ed McMahon used to go out and party together. Right. And Ed McMahon used to have to pull him off people, you know, because he, he'd be very sweet, very charming, and then he'd start drinking, and he was a totally different person. He had three wives, all named Joanna. Actually, he was jo- on to his fourth wife right. when he passed away. No kidding. He died of cancer. And the crazy thing is, he was exercise fanatic. Yeah, but he smoked, didn't he? Yeah, he smoked. I mean, you know, kind of offsets everything. But, you know, he played tennis all the time. He swam. He was really in tip-top shape. But he smoked. Yeah. It got him. And they said that the last few years of his life, he used to love going out. He died in 2005. Right. Last few years of his life, he used to like going. He had a big yacht. He'd go out. He was a loner. He'd like to go out by himself. But occasionally, he'd have friends on the yacht. But he'd go out in the middle of the ocean and just swim. Yeah. So he had some friends on this yacht with him. And, you know, he jumped off the boat, went in the water, started to swim, came up. He couldn't breathe. And... He said, something's wrong. I I can't breathe. And they pulled him in and took him to the doctor. He had emphysema. And then that's what ultimately led to the lung cancer. Wow. But what a genius. There are a lot of guys like that. He was so funny on television, but by himself, he was a loner, right? Right. He was kind of uh, antisocial. Yeah. You know, he had three young boys that he never... One died, I remember. Yeah, one died. He fell off a cliff or something. He drove his car off a cliff in right. Malibu, I think. You know, yeah. the Pacific Highway, right? Yeah. A James Dean kind of death, I think. Right. He didn't really have a very close relationship with anybody, including his own family, you know. Now, Thomas, this is going to cheer you up. You know... That scientists say, this is in popular science, that by 2050, that's not too many years from now. What's that, 30 years, 32 years? It's a while. They say that people are going to be having sex with robots and it's not going to be thought of as strange. I think Pat Robertson just had another stroke. (laughs) You know? You know, if they promise not to talk, I think I'm going to put it in order. How about that, buddy? Wow. This is going to make that term hard drive a whole new meaning, right? Right. You come home from your robot not smelling like booze, but smelling like WT-40, right? WD-40? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. As long, as long as it comes with a mute button, a lot of husbands are going to say, I want one. Mm. Right? You're going to get me in trouble. But My that- wife is listening to the show now. Notice no comment from moi. It's not such a bad idea if you get attached to one when they break up. And you get a new one, you won't lose half your stuff, right? What was that movie that came out a few years ago where Joaquin Phoenix, how do you say his name? Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix. He had a relationship with his phone, fell in love with his phone, right? Yeah. Some Android character on his phone that was voiced by Scarlett Johansson. Just give me Scarlett Johansson. Actually, I can't stand her. Do you like her? Not really. No, I don't like her. You know, she's dating now. No. The guy that does the weekend update on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Seriously, think about it. Well, you this. really went in the weeds with that one. <laughs> She'd be better off dating a robot. robot. But you can't imagine this happening, can you? Unless these are very lonely people that I can't get women hey, on her. When you're talking about becoming addicted to the internet and right. 
in, you know, people having such a close relationship with their technology. Yeah, I suppose anything can happen. And the new worst job, and that this is true in the future, is cleaning a sex robot. Are they dishwater safe, do you think? No. Dishwasher safe. Mm-mm. All right, enough of that craziness, Thomas. Yeah, you know, if you like craziness in, in a much more elevated way, you <laughs> might want to go up. to the daily podcast, which is what's this world coming to.com. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, you have a dog, right? You have a couple dogs. Yes. And you've been very happy with your life with them, right? Yes. Well, it's a good article that said that having a dog reduces stress and can help in relationships. Do you think that's true? I think it's true early on in a dog's life. But then when the dog gets older, see, we have older dogs. Right. And they have health issues and they're adding stress because one dog has to have shots twice a day because it's diabetic. Right. And it's blind. Right. And the other dog is blind. Imagine having two blind dogs. That sounds like a song. <laughs> that sounds like a three blind a, a, a kindergarten song. Two blind dogs. Dog. Oh my lord! I think Mark Twain said it best. He said, "The more people I meet, the more I like my dog." That's a true statement, don't you think? They definitely, you know, are always going to be your friend for sure. Well, right. right? There's nothing like coming home from a long day at work and that dog is so excited to greet you at the door. Just wish the wife was that way. Right? Once yeah, in a while, I just right? wish my dogs uh, knew where the door was. Actually, the amazing thing about blind dogs, this is going to blow your mind. They still find their way around perfectly. It's crazy. Well, probably because their smell is so much better than ours. Right. I actually said to the veterinarian once, because she told us that the dogs were going blind and there was nothing we could really do about it. And they're going to be completely blind one day. And I said, well, that's it. We, you know, we have to take them in, put them down, right? She right. said, oh, no, 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 no. They get around just fine. Well, do they look like they have a quality of life right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is it Believe me, they- we felt like the dogs were suffering in any way. We would do the right thing, but they're not. Well, is it weird that they both went blind or is it just that breed of dog? It's or that what? breed of dogs. They're, they're little Bichons. And right. One thing I learned the hard way, when you get purebred animals, you have a lot of health issues later in the dog's life. Yep. I've heard that story. You want to get dogs out of shelters and they want to be mutts. They're the healthiest kind of dog you can get. Yeah. And that's a good thing to remind people. If you really want to take stress away in your life, go down to the dog shelter. There's going to be lots of options for you to become stress-free. Ugh, I don't know what is it about dogs. I just, I feel so bad. For, I mean, when I think of people that have dogs tied in their backyard to a chain, and they live like that. It just bothers me so much. You know, you and I were talking a while back about the worst jobs you can possibly have. Right. Imagine working at a dog pound where you have to put, put them to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Where nobody claims these dogs, and then they have to go to the gas chamber. I mean, oh, goodness oh, gracious. Right. No more, no more dogs. Now, look, Thomas, I know that you're- Yeah, it's just like when they have those ads on TV, right. and they're showing the- Sad dogs. What do you do? I turn the channel. I do, too. I think everybody does, right? (laughs) Yep. We don't want that to happen right now. In fact, we want to change the subject real quick and tell everybody that you can find us every day on demand at whatsthisworldcomingto.com. It's our daily podcast. It's so much fun. Tom and Mike. This is interesting. Amazon did something where they got a group of retailers that use their services, and they asked them, to put down what were the most popular brands of people buy things that are under $10. And they came up with the 10 top selling items 
for under $10 that people love. I want to read them real quick, Thomas. Tell me if you think any of these would be something you'd be interested in. Are you ready, my friend? Sure. Number one, a heat-retaining socks, super fuzzy brush lining, women's thermal socks, vintage knit fleece, $8.99. Karen might like it. Yeah, she might like that. Okay, here's one I think you would like. It's called Red Wine Stain Remover. Chateau Spill, it's called. It removes stains, non-toxic, and bleach-free. $7.98, huh? Yeah. I can see that in the Ken household. Okay, you're two for two. <laughs> a grooming glove. A pet hair remover glove slash brush. So you can brush your dog hair off and groom them at the same time without getting it on your hands or on your clothes, and it comes off on the brush. How about that? For under $10? $6.99. I like it. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for an easy sales pitch. You know, maybe you should have been a, a you, maybe man. you should open up one of those $10 stores. Everything huh. in the store is under $10. Number four is bamboo charcoal shoe deodorizers. Also for gym bags, $9.95. Huh? You like that? Bamboo charcoal shoe deodorizer. You know, people's feet get smelly. Mine don't. All right, buddy. Mine smell like roses. Come on, I got to get through these things. So Number I might five. not buy uh, that one. <laughs> Number five. Headlight restoring kit. People's, I guess, their headlights get dull after a while. And this restores the yellowed headlights to, uh, like, new condition. I don't let my cars go that old. Here's one for you. Instead of headlight restoring kit, head lice restoring kit. What do you think? <laughs> what was, you get that for under $10? <laughs> All right, how about this? Karen would love this one. Jewelry cleaning brush. She's got a little machine that does. There, there you go. We're gadget freaks over here. Number seven, I think this might be in the Ken household. A silicone egg poacher with perforated cups to mimic traditional poaching method. The egg stays perfectly round. I just told you I'm a gadget freak. Yep. I actually have that, and oh. I used it once because I can't make a good poached egg. There you go. And guess what? What? It doesn't work. All right. We're going to check that one off. Number eight, this is something I, young Thomas Kent, would, real young Thomas Kent would use in grade school. It's the Mighty Patch Pimple Patcher. <laughs> it absorbs oil and puts the shrink to your zit. I'd like that if I was a kid, right? If you were about 13 years old, you I would did. like that. Number nine is a drain snake. Flexi snake, it's called. You know, to have in your house whenever you have a plumbing problem. And the final one, Thomas, I'd like to look into this one. It's called a pack of ethylene gas absorbing produce bags to keep fresh your veggies up to 10 times longer than normal. Oh, they add gas to your veggies. Yeah. I thought veggies had enough gas left. <laughs> so you you probably like four or five of them, right? I did, yeah. There you go. And you, you had one of them, and it didn't work. So we've got the review right there from no, Thomas. Honestly, you are the worst egg maker in the world. I came to your house once, and you tried to make me an omelet, and you totally overcooked the eggs. I call them wrinkly eggs, you know, when and you overcook them. I taught you how to make... A good omelet. Did you take my advice? Yes, I did. You can ask my wife. Tell me this. What? This is one egg I can't make. It's the poached egg. Okay. How do you make the perfect poached egg? They say you boil a little water, you put a little vinegar in the water, and then you just crack the egg and put it in the boiling water. Now, I've tried that, but it doesn't work for me. How about you? I don't know, but I just want to tell people that when you did come to my house and have those eggs, if I had been a guest in your house and you had cooked me those eggs, I would have been the perfect guest and just ate them. And then I don't pulled, eat no wrinkly eggs. I, I, would have told, <laughs> I would have told my wife later, boy, Thomas made some bad eggs. But you, no, get these things out of here. Hey, listen, who's your buddy? Who's your pal? Yeah. Who's your who's amigo? amigo? Who's going to be honest with you? you? That's what you call real friendship, my friend. All right. Tom and Mike.